All right, hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. I hope everyone's doing awesome. So this episode is Espiritismo Part, I think, three. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't check that. So Espiritismo Part. And today we're going to go over, we've been following the format of the book, um, Espiritismo, Puerto Rican Mediumship and Magic, written by me. And we're going to go into the spiritual world or the world of spirit, which I covered more extensively in chapter four. I'm going to like go ahead and give a very big um, overview really quickly. And then um, we're going to go into it. It's me, David, Miss Carrie, and um, Ty, possibly Miss Lily coming in later. As always, if you like the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe. Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. You can donate to Mystic House. Thank you guys who've already sent in donations to Mystic House. We're already starting to use them towards the new church. And um, you can send donations to Mystic House via Cash App, dollar sign Hector Salva, or help at mysticalwork.com via PayPal. So in the chapter about the spiritual world, I'm just going to actually use the subtitles to really go quickly go into it. Epiritita basically believed that there's God and after God, God has uh, created other spirits and spiritual beings and there exist two realms, basically the spiritual realm and the physical realm. In the spiritual realm, there's actually many planes of existence. So within that realm, there's various planes, spiritual planes, which different types of entities or spirits live on. And all of the planes of existence in all of the realms are superimposed upon each other, happening at the same time. They're superimposed upon each other like filters. Sometimes the filters are able to interact, meaning the realms interact with each other or the two filters bleed into each other and other times they don't. So Epiritimo says sometimes you will be able to have contact with the spiritual world. Sometimes they're able to contact you. But just because the spirit is in the spirit world doesn't necessarily mean it can contact or communicate with you and vice versa. And most of the time, you're not going to see what's going on in all of the realms. All of them are happening simultaneously and almost like parallel universes. So the next point that I covered is that in Epiritimo, everything is created from the universal fluid. So the universal fluid is considered to be the building block of everything that exists. And that universal fluid becomes a magnetic fluid when it flows out from people. Epiritismo believes in the process of reincarnation. Reincarnation basically in Epiritismo's process, people can do not degress, people progress. So each incarnation, whether they made a huge progress or they made a small amount of progress, That's all relative and relative to your own experience. In Epiritismo, we say that every time a spirit comes in to be incarnated, 
it progresses. And so it progresses when it returns to the spiritual realm, it goes back into the realm at which it made its progress or its last progress. And the physical world acts as an opportunity as a classroom and as an opportunity for progress to be made in both physical and material realms. Epiritimo speaks of magnetic emission. So magnetic emission means that everything, because it's created with the spiritual fluids, everything sends out vibes or energies. This is the energy that comes out of things. And Epiritimo says that those emissions act magnetically because the universal fluid is magnetic. So it draws energies towards it that are similar to its own self. Or that will harmonize with it. Next, we kind of covered this just a little bit. Was that Epiritimo says... Uh, thank you. Epiritimo says that there are, there's interaction and communication between the spiritual realms. In interaction and communication, Epiritimo says the magnetic emissions that come off of any spirit, which is a, con a conscious energy, the magnetic emissions connect with the other person and are able to communicate or affect each other. That also means spirits are able to affect humans. Humans are able to affect spirits. Humans are able to ex affect humans. In the book, I cover all those different layers of magnetic emissions. Then, basically, lastly in this chapter, we go through basically their spiritual realms. And Epiritimo divides the world into basically three basic or four basic spiritual realms. One is of the impure spirits, which is all the bad spirits. One is of all the good spirits. One is of the pure spirits. The pure spirits are the spirits that are have no um, personality. They've All that has ego, all of that has been erased from them. So they're a pure spirit of some type of force. <laughs> and the human realm as well, human spirits. So Epiritimo basically divides the world into four different types of spiritual classes or four types of spiritual realms. Within those realms, there are realms. So each of those realms have layers to them, the bad spirits, the good spirits, pure spirits, and even the human realm has layers or other realms upon each other. Like I said earlier, all these realms are superimposed upon each other, happening at, and moving at the same time. They can and do affect each other. The basic thing about Epiritimo is having communication with all the various realms of existence, which helps to unlock the keys in order to live a better life. With that big old synopsis of that chapter, I did that good. I did that in seven minutes, all right? Um, anything to add, Miss Carrie, or ask or say? Uh, so how do they communicate when they can? So according to Epiritimo, oh yeah, I even forgot it right there. 
It just looked good right there. Yeah. Um, so, says everything is built out of the universal fluid. That fluid in and of itself is magnetic. That fluid, which is energy, can be directed outwards. That's how communications happen. So when the fluid is directed outwards, let's say from the spirits to a person, the fluid of the spirits connect with the fluids of the person. And in that fluid is what holds the information or communication. The fluid in Espiritismo is light. So the light contains the information, that person or that spirit able to send it out. So this is, it holds the information that comes via communication, but also like when we're doing spiritual work or brujería, it's the same thing. The spirits use the fluid or you use your fluids to project them outwards, which are your energy in order to project it outwards, that energy is programmed in order to do a specific task. And so then you project that outwards and that creates ripple effects, which changes the situation or causes the brujería to work. Yes, so basically all spiritual practices are intended to help develop one's light. So in Espiritismo, you have the spirits have their light and you have your light because you are a spirit in a body. The development of your light is basically what allows for the spirit to come through. So spirit is limited to the capacity of the person to um, take in light as well as to be able to like hold it, contain it, or direct it. Is the person born with it? Born with the light? Everybody is. So everybody's born with the divine light already in them. The light already exists, but not everybody is able to necessarily control it or direct it because most people don't understand it. Or keep it. Or hold it, yeah. Yeah. So, in Espiritismo, we refer to your light as your fuerza espiritual or your fuerza, your spiritual force, or you, your luz, which is your light directly. So there's that. And then there's the power that the spirit has, its own light. However, that's where most people don't it trips them up because they may not understand. They say, like, I went to the spirit for this or that, and this or that didn't come out as expected, or this or that. Um, like, it's like I was speaking to the air, etc. It's because that depends on the person's capacity to direct that light outwards. And how big is that channel to be able to receive the light from the spirit? The 
the spirit because they have exist on different levels of existence have different like capacities the same way we have a 60 watt bulb versus an 80 watt versus a 100 watt bulb as well to me yeah, so in the spiritual world, because we talk about spirits sometimes, and we talk about like what can the spirits do for me individually, um, you know, who is my personal spirit guide or whatever the case may be. But I want to I want to ask a little bit about if there are any specific like missions that concerning humanity or whatever that spirits have in the spiritual world where they don't really um, come through for one person, or maybe they have a mission to bring the world forward in some way, like morality and different things like that missions and different things like that yeah so in the spiritual realm what we try to explain to people is that the spiritual realm mimics the physical realm a lot so the same way that in the physical realm you have people that have missions you have spirits in the spiritual realm that have missions so like one of them that's real popular which is a spirit guide is jose gregorio hernandez his mission is to heal people. He doesn't care, like, the background, the religious belief, the creed, none of that. His whole mission is healing. There's various other spirits that have those same types of followings. And the way that uh, that following is generally, like, if he cures you or heals you or helps you, then often you begin to serve that spirit. And kind of help spread the healing onto others. When other people need it, you let them know about him. Right? So you do have spirits that have those types of missions. You have, just like in this world, you have all the realms are superimposed. So they're all kind of like affecting each other and yet side by side at the same time. They're not constantly in effect with each other. At times, the gates are there or, like, the doorway opens where they affect each other from time to time. So in the spiritual realms, you have the negative realm of spirits as well, as well as the positive realm. The negative realm of spirits, basically, they're only actually negative because they're stuck. That's what makes them negative is that they're stuck. It's... That's the real thing about it. And they're stuck in being um, how they are and keeping everything separate to themselves and divided. That's what makes them negative. But all spirits get an opportunity to shift or change. But they may not. So they're going to have their own missions. Is that before or after death? Hmm? Is that before or after death on this realm? So in Demo, <clears throat> we say like, both good spirits and bad spirits or impure spirits, good spirits and impure spirits are both allowed to incarnate. That's why in the world, in the world, basically we say like, yeah, some people are actually like born evil. They're born demons. Why? Because every spirit gets a chance to incarnate in order to kind of try to clean up their act as before. And, even if they just clean it up 1%, it's 1% further. So reincarnation continues to happen. To all. Huh? To all. To all. So all spirits go through the process of reincarnation. And that, how far they get, we say every round they get a little bit further. But it's the same thing, like kind of like school. 
let's say you move everybody to the second grade. But at the end of the second grade, some people might only slightly understand, I don't know, like fractions or something like that, right? They might just gotten the tiniest bit further in that. They didn't get any real further at all in that. They almost know exactly what they used to know. And then other people are going to take that same opportunity and they're going to like really know that or know something in depth about that. And they've gotten further along in that same amount of time. So every spirit returns and is given the opportunity. And when it goes back, however, whatever, whatever realm you came out of, you might go back to that same or a similar realm, but in a better condition until you work yourself out, basically. Then in Epiritimo, we also say good spirits incarnate in order to come and help humanity. So there's spirits that are good that don't need to incarnate anymore, but because of having a mission, their mission then is to come back in order to help other people and help humanity in some way. So, huh? No, kind of not, if you think about it, because when you die here, you, where you, what you're doing is you're kind of getting reincarnated into another realm, into another existence. Sometimes you get reincarnated onto Earth. But not all the spirit is here at the same time, basically. Does the individual spirit or person know what they're working on? Are they conscious of it in the lifetime or not? Not always, because basically every incarnation, you kind of come in back blank. So we say, like, basically every time the spirit incarnates, it goes back to blank. And so one of the realms that we speak of in Espiritismo is, like, of the negative spirits in the realm of, like, the dead. That a lot of them, like, they're there because they're in the realm of suffering. Every time, let's say, they die in that incarnation in that realm and they come back, they're back to blank. Because otherwise, we say you're not given a true chance to work things out. Otherwise, you'll automatically have the conditioning that was with you before. So you're going to end up back into the same boat. But isn't that conditioning like in your soul? Like, kind of like embedded in your soul? Like with spirits that are like hundreds of years old that, like you said, they're incarnating different realms. So they're accumulating age, but isn't there something that's embedded in their soul? Wisdom gets embedded, everything else is egoic, so it falls away. Right, so what about the people that are born evil? Wouldn't that be like the the blueprint for their DNA? Excuse me, the blueprint for their DNA? In In a way. So it's a blueprint for their DNA, yeah. But that's the opportunity is here to make the choice to follow the DNA or follow above the programming. Because it's the same thing, like, how about people that are born, like, into, like, bad neighborhoods or whatever? Two people born in bad neighborhoods, right? So the evil person has a highly more likely route 
that they're gonna lean into right. that evilness. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, they're evil. already genetically predisposed. So this is like the case in Epiritimo, like where we say, like some people who have been like psychopath killers and stuff like that, like they were born that way. It's not always that like something bad happened to them and they were made that way, right? right? So they were already born that way. Now, they could take their evil and they could follow it and just continue in the same, creating the same type of karma for themselves and the same problem, which they'll have to return again to kind of, again, deal with it. However, if they're able to turn that leaf over in whatever way, then they would have made the most progress in one lifetime too. Because they're making the biggest leap from like totally being evil and predisposed to evil to like not using it for evil ends. And the way of Espiritismo is that there's always a use for everything. So even a predisposition for evil could have been used for good if the person had like the guidance or the knowing, the wisdom to be able to do that. For example, if you like killing people, then you should be a part of the army. That's what the army does, okay? You already know that's what you enjoy doing. That's cool. That's fine. Epiritimo says, like, basically, you could have served the function, right? That was positive, even though, let's say, it doesn't say war is the most positive thing, but war has to happen. It's a, it's a law of nature. War will happen. So, of course, war is neither actually positive or negative, and so someone's going to have to be in the war. If you're already predisposed to that direction, take that opportunity. Because that way, you're not, like, harming, like, other people that might be progressing on something else. And that way you're using what your God-given talent in order to help. So in some way you're helping people, even if you are harming other people. Epiritimo says helping and harming goes hand in hand. So what that means is when you, let's say it doesn't matter whether you do a magical work or let's say you go and you get dressed up or um, you dye your hair or whatever you do in order to make you go get that job and so you win the job. You're helping yourself, but at the same time, now the job is not in the hand of someone else who might need it. So we say, like, you can't get away any action. You can't get away from it always being a double action. Any one action automatically has another action reaction that happens. But it's all about, like, basically, is my action, like, um, maliciously... Am I being malicious or evil-hearted with my action? And But they says, like, if you help yourself, you're going to harm someone else. It's just the nature of the law of, like, how it works. You know, you build yourself a house, you hurt nature that's around who lived in that spot. Right? And so, let's say there's a whole bunch of people and um, a tsunami hits where they live. And you go on a rescue mission. And you rescue all these people. Right? Epiditimo says it's both a positive and a negative action because almost any action 
creates a, a, dy- a duo dynamic. So what happened is you saved a whole bunch of people. Now your resources are stretched. Yeah, now you stretched resources. Maybe those people were meant to die in order for, because world's overpopulated. You save those people, they might birth and probably will more people. So on one hand, you helped. And on the other hand, without meaning to, you created other issues. So it says, like, as far as action is concerned, it's not really as much as what the action is as the energy that's behind the action. So did you go to save the people out of goodness, love, unity, et cetera, et cetera? Or did you go to save it out of, like, pride, ego, whatever else that could go along with that? So you could be on the news. Yeah, so you could be on the news, whatever, build your company or whatever. Yeah. You want to say something? (laughs) So do the bad spirits or, like, impure spirits have any, like, good, useful purpose for human beings? For example, like, say a bad spirit puts someone in bad relationships like over and over and over again but it makes a person learn so does that mean that you know whatever the negative spirit put them through came out to be positive for the person and stuff like that so that's the trick in spiritual work Mm -hmm. right so the trick is and this is something that a mystic that understands but let's say a lot of people who consider themselves spiritual don't fully get okay good spirits and good situations keep you stuck so therefore, what you norm that's why Apiritimo says it's actually not a good, bad thing. Because what you think is good keeps you actually stuck and not growing. And so if you don't grow, you can't change. And therefore, you're actually not um, making any progress. So a lot of times, it's almost, a mystic can see it where it's a flip where even the good spirit ain't that great. Why? Because it's making life easier for you. Now, how you use the opportunity is where what really flips the situation. If you make your life easier in order for you to make more progress, that's one thing. But in most cases, when you have an easier life, you become lazier. It's just kind of, it goes hand in hand. So when things get easy for people, people get lazy. And when things are too easy at times, people get contented with less. They're like, okay, I'll just deal with just like, this is good enough. They're complacent. Yeah, they become complacent. So in the mystical side of the work, this is why we say like basically a good spirit is really a two-sided coin. And a bad spirit is a two-sided coin. Because it's because of the problems the bad spirits cause you that you have the drive to move forward and to change something. Nobody changes shit when they like, oh, it's good. good. Right. Nobody changes shit. It's only when it's bad that things, you take the effort. And a lot of times it has to be really bad in order for a lot of people to come out of comfort and complacency. So this... Exactly. And so a lot of times the bad spirit is also, it's not just that it's necessarily a bad spirit, it's that the spirit is stuck in a certain way of being. The same way people get stuck in a certain way of being. 
there I am this way, I am that way, I am this way, I am that way, this is who I am. And that gets a person stuck in their life. So the spirit is the same way. So it keeps doing the same shit over and over and over. And the spirit itself, that's the difference in the um, approach with Espiritismo. Is this, the Espiritista says the spirit is stuck too. You're stuck, the spirit is stuck. It keeps doing the same shit over and over, expecting a different result. But it's not going to get a different result. So it's no different than, let's say, if someone got stuck in their mind like a two-year-old. Their body becomes 40, and everybody sees a 40-year-old, but really their mind is a two-year-old. So... We say that a lot of bad spirits, many of them, not all of them, but a great deal of them happen to be just stuck. They're stuck spirits. Is that because they died like that? So after, I guess after death, if a serial killer, you know, Jeffrey Damia, <laughs> he uh-huh. dies, he's not evolving as a, as a spirit. He has to come back. He has to be incarnated. So during that moment, I guess... I don't know, some people refer to as purgatory or stuck, whatever, that he's doing the same thing. Over and over, trying to figure something out, okay. right? And it's almost like one of those, <clears throat> the way I see like the purgatory-like realm is that it's almost like one of those movies where every time you go to sleep, you live back in a time cycle, like in a circle over and over, and you go through the same day over and over again. Like... Ever read Dante's Inferno? No. And it has layers of hell, but the hell was personal. So if the hell was you lost your your wife or your girlfriend, then... Every day you would lose her. Yeah, the girlfriend just passed and you could never grasp it. So that was their personal hell. Yeah, so that's that's kind of same. Okay. Okay, so it's same in the sense that it's kind of like a recurring thing until the person figures out, like, what needs to change in order for them to, like, then die that existence and then then move again. So if we're talking about, because we talked about people dying and not progressing and stuff like that. So after we pass on, is reincarnation something that can be stopped as a process? Because, you know, sometimes you hear people saying that when a certain person dies and certain things aren't done for them, they become stuck, Mm -hmm. right? So for example, is that channel of reincarnation kind of like blocked up for them for that period of time? Or is that something that will eventually come back into flow for a said person? Yeah. Bad spirits. Yeah, so, like, that happens, meaning, like, earthbound spirits. Yeah. Like, spirits that get stuck on earth because, like, something wasn't done for them when they died or whatever. So, yeah, eventually when they pass, like, when they're able to get through that. So, for the earthbound spirit, their purgatory is being earthbound. That's their purgatory. So, when they unlock that, then they'll move on to the next incarnation. And so, what you want to imagine, though, is, like... Imagine that if this this is like the same as every other realm. So in the other realms, we talk about spirits and we think of spirits as very kind of like um, like air, right? But in the other realms, those spirits would have their equivalent bodies like we have our bodies. 
they're experiencing that life in that realm as a reality the same way you're experiencing this life right now in this realm as your reality. So, and all the realms are doing this at the same time. Yeah, of course, just like you know you're here right now. Okay. But they might not know you're over here. Okay. Like we don't know them over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, for example, if you have full sight, then you would see basically just like everywhere is actually crowded. Because actually they're all walking through here, etc. But we don't feel them as physical the same way they don't feel us as physical. So this is the same way how like when we watch movies... You see, like, the spirit passes through physical objects, right? So, when, in their realm, we're spirits to them. Yeah. When they see us, it's the equivalent of seeing a spirit. Hence why, like, in the movies, they'll show, like, oh, you can see me? Mm -hmm. I can see you? So, would that be the same breakdown for, like, I guess some people, I don't know if it applies to spiritism, higher self and your lower self? Or like like being on different timelines, like I don't know, you have a dream or something, and it seems like you know, like it's right now or it is for close, but you're not there yet. So is it? What is that? Is that like your spirit in the future, or what is? Or is your no. spirit there and you're not? There? <clears throat> so we say that Part like of your spirit, excuse me. you you have a you have like um the ability to travel spiritually in the other realms, like Correct. astral travel. Astral travel. Okay. That's one. But two is, we say that when you're in any level of existence, you also exist on every other level. In a different manner. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, you can access any of those levels via the spiritual work. Okay, so are they... They because they're going on at the same time, or they simultaneous. Yeah, they're all simultaneous. Okay. They're all simultaneous, and you can access any of them while you're in any level if you know how, right? right? And you can access. <clears throat> and so here comes the part where, like, um, the how you were saying, like, the soul has the information of it. Mm -hmm. And Epidemo is not so much that the soul has the information of it, is that there's because you've already surpassed a certain level, let's say you surpassed a lower level, mm -hmm. you still have access to that. Okay. That level of who you are, even though you're not on that level, you have access to the level, the information of the level, the knowledge of the level. Like supervisor position, you know how to do everything. Yeah. And moving on. Okay. And then it becomes like choice. Like if you want to go, like say you want to go and down stay and there. help somebody, you can choose to move to down and yeah. help. Yeah. And come. So only good souls get the choice. You can go down. You can't come up. Right, but only good. Cho is it only good spirits and good souls that get the choice to come back and help the mission? For example, you've been. I guess coming reincarnated, reincarnated. Like we know how. If you have enough strength, yeah, 
as a negative spirit, you're going to be able to come to earth. If you have enough strength. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you right. could choose not to be on a mission. That's what I'm saying. If you're like, I'm tired of earth. Yeah, you or could. you go somewhere else. You would be in a different spiritual level. Okay. But, like, the spirit chooses whether it chooses to come back for a mission or not. Right. Most spirits don't choose to come back for a mission. So, that's why Apiritimo says basically, like, um, Jesus, like, Elijah, Jesus, Moses, um, Muhammad, Buddha, all those people, they was all the same motherfucker. Right? But in the sense that each of them were individual spirits that had missions. Right. They still have missions. They come to Earth and they come with their varying missions. These are all spirits that are like famous right, Jesus, like, who came to Earth with its mission. Mm-hmm. Now, he could choose to come back to Earth. Naturally, if he came back to Earth, he's not going to come back in the same body. Right. Yeah. But he could choose to come back to Earth again for another mission. But he can choose not to. He could choose not to. But and come back yet. That's spirit's level. Huh? He said that's because of the strength of the spirit. Yeah. Okay. And you have to remember also... In Demo, we say, like, basically, like, so Jesus. Jesus had cultural programming still lodged in there. Mm-hmm. Lots of programming from his time and da-da-da-da-da. So this good spirit comes back, but it can only help as far as he or she has evolved. Correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, the spirit is evolved, has a certain level of evolution. It can't help you evolve further than it itself has evolved. But isn't he evolving in different realms? Now he is evolving in different realms. But when he came to Earth, let's say, and did his original mission, he was evolving here on at Earth that time, at that time, in that moment, with that culture, with those people. Okay. Do you understand? But... Like an outdated manual. That's, yeah. That's why, like, some people, that they're, like, on the path, like... They're basically kind of like screaming for like a master, right? Or someone that can like take them further because because you're saying like they can't, like that's as far as they can get without someone else who has more light. And so that's part of like the seeking process. Right? Yeah. Like, so that's part of it because it's easier. It. It's harder and it's easier. Yeah. So it's harder. It's easier to follow a dead master than a living one. And it's harder to follow... A living master than a why because a dead master you can turn him to whoever you want in your head a living master challenges you so a living master always <coughs> comes and you think you know something about him and then he does something that looks like contradicts that a living master is always a challenge to you it's something that's not the same as what you think should be a dead master in your head you can transform him to be so great you can transform Jesus in your head like he was always loving. Uh, every word out of his lips was like honey. And he was always like, oh, please, disciples, do this, do this. Oh, yes, I need you to. Because that's the image that people have given Jesus, right? But 
I'm sure there were times where Jesus was like, Yo, or no, or go do this, or go do that. And things didn't have time to be all like, wham, 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 okay? So you can convince yourself in, here's the thing. For people who follow Jesus, none of them follow Jesus. Because all of them follow the Jesus of their mind, okay? And the Jesus of their mind accepts certain things and doesn't accept other things and thinks a certain way. And your Jesus thinks like you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a living master, a living master is going to be a challenge to you, right? Jesus, you're going to be like, oh, you know, everybody who follows Jesus don't drink, right? Jesus drank. Jesus drank wine. Wine was the normal thing to drink. Water was not normal to drink. It was normal to drink wine all day from the time you woke up on through. Why? Because clean water was not always easy to get. Okay, so, but it, but in the minds of certain people, even a drop of wine is sin, right? They can turn that Jesus however they want to turn that Jesus. Are you a true seeker? If you would rather, you know, make, make up a master than having the living? The problem is you can be a true seeker, but living masters are not, they're few and far between. Because the thing about it is that people get confused the word master. So <clears throat> when they think master, they think of masters and slaves and masters and servants. Right? But that's because you have a servant or a slave mentality. Right. It's wrong. A master is a master because he's a master of himself. He's not your master. He's not controlling you. He's a master of himself. As a master of himself, he can choose whether or not he wants to show other people how to become their own master or not. And many masters who become masters in a lifetime choose not to. Why? Because it, it's one thing to traverse the road by yourself. It's a whole nother job to go ahead, go back down the mountain and get somebody else and help them walk and guide them up. And most of the time, alongside of that, there's going to be a whole bunch of kicking, screaming, and fighting here and there and blaming and this and that and why you're dragging them up the road. But they said they want to go up the road, and they do want to go up the road, but it's just part of the process. Whereas a master who's become a master of himself, he doesn't need any of anything. So if he's guiding other people, it's actually a favor. It's a mission. It's a favor to the humanity. He doesn't need to because he'll be he could be at peace just like that with or without helping people guide. Like he doesn't. It's not an ambition to guide people. That's what makes it different from a mission. A mission is given to you, and ambition is something that you have. Uh, wouldn't the mission be like for him to master his self and wisdom, self and wisdom, so he has reached his mission. His personal mission. His personal mission is to become his ma- his own master. Right. And once he's reached that, now, if he chooses to go back and guide others, no. again, that's still a mission. It might be his mission to do that. But it wasn't something that was his ambition. That's the difference. A master no longer has an ambition. He has missions, but no ambitions. And so, what happens is, a real master is hard to find. 
and a master who can guide you down and is willing to guide you down the path, it's harder still. <laughs> and so a person can reach through even Jesus. But you'd have to get ri- you'd have to kill the personal Jesus you have. Um, you'd have to be able to see clear. Yeah, you'd have to kill all your perceptions. You'd have to be able and that's a very hard navigation. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very hard navigation without somebody to translate Jesus for you. Because Jesus is talking the same thing that every master has talked. But the difference is the the interpretation. So mystical teachers have always taught in a language that doesn't make just easy sense for the common person. And so will you be able to actually get what he means without someone that's there to actually be like, oh yeah, that's what that means, that's what that means? You could. It's just going to be very, very unlikely. If 1% of people make it with a master, less than 0.2% make it without one. If Jesus had 13 disciples, or 12, whatever. Jesus had all those disciples. Of all those disciples, only one of them made it to mastery. And that was Thomas. That's why his book isn't included in the Bible. That's the only one. Every other one, all the other disciples, they thought they got the message. But they didn't get the message. Because if you read the rest of the Gospels, you see where they've added their interpretations and ideas and all this other stuff. And naturally, we all know like the government has worked on it and all that other stuff. But the point is, they didn't get it. And you can see throughout the course of that that they didn't get it. And so, even Jesus said not to make it a Christianity, like afterwards. Not to make it focused on him. And even that they didn't get. They still made it. So... And those are disciples with a master way. in their face. Yeah. So they if... They were all there. Exactly. So they kicked him out? Huh? Wait. Oh, no. He, he Since he was a master, he went and did his own thing. Right? But what happened was that book, they didn't include when they compiled the Bible. Because it doesn't go with what they wrote. Yeah. It was, and so it's separate. The Book of Thomas mm-hmm. and... The books of Jesus in Aramaic. I told someone yeah. this the other day, and he said no because the Bible is complete and he reads it all the time. No, just <laughs> like in the eighteen hundreds, they removed books from the Bible, just in the eighteen hundreds. But so yeah, so if those were disciples with the master right there in their face, and even various times, if you look at their own stories, Jesus himself has said to them like, "Y'all are here with me all the time, and y'all still don't even fucking get it. Like y'all don't get it." Right? So that's with him right there and him telling them that they don't get it and they still didn't get it. So the likelihood of following a dead master and getting anywhere is like, it's less than one out of 12, actually. (laughs) Like, it's more like likely like one out of every 10,000. And most people are happy enough to just, like, be given whatever belief they've been given. Like, the most ridiculous thing to say to ever, or one of the most ridiculous things, is to be like, I was born a Muslim, I was born a Christian, I was born a Jew, I was born this. You can't be born a religion. 
when you're born, you have no religion. You were born into a family that had a religion, but you can't be born a religion. No baby is religious. He doesn't have to be religious. Okay? No baby is born with a religion. That's why he has to be convinced of all these religious things. Because anything that already exists, you don't have to be convinced about. You can see it for yourself. So, I think we're at time for that podcast. We went into a whole bunch of stuff there. Thank you guys for coming to the podcast. As always, like, comment, follow, subscribe. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. You can um, send donation to We Just Got Our Mystical Church to, we're going to eventually change all this info, to Cash App, Dollar Sign, Hector Salva, PayPal, help at mysticalwork.com. We'll see you guys again next week. Stay blessed and keep the faith.